0: Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Hi, and welcome to Episode 3 of the She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Lauren Brunslick y'all are freaking amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for all the reviews, the support, the questions. Um, Seriously, you guys have been so supportive of this fun little adventure. Um, And it's really kind of taken a thing of its own. So before we dig into today's question, um, which I knew was going to come real soon. Uh, I would just want to start us in prayer again. This ain't your thing. No prob. Just fast forward, hit that next 30 seconds thing. Uh, so today, God, I'm going to tell a little bit of my story and you have blessed me beyond all belief. Um, you know, yes, I've worked hard and like listened to you and all that stuff. But like, really, I'm so thankful for the freedom that my life has. Uh, Today's person knows this and is asking like how they can kind of create that. And that's cool. And that's awesome. But I do want to make sure that everyone listening, like just be in their hearts and make sure you're guiding them to only take what is relevant to them and not attach to anything that I say that doesn't fit for them or their purpose. I spent 10 years for sure of my life hearing people that I looked up to who were giving advice or talking about their story and being like, I want that. And then I would like spend so much time wasting working for that. And then I'd hear another one. I want that. And I want that. And like, it just took me a long time to realize really what I actually wanted. So just be with everyone listening so they can like hear what works for them and what you got planned for them. Cool. So Today's question comes from Amy and it says, Dear Lauren, what big rocks or strategies did you put in play to move you from the primary adjuster in your practice to primary CEO and 12 adjusting hours a week and all the freedom that comes with that role? So she's got two big whys behind backing off adjusting hours. So she says, one, my body is yelling at me after 16 years of being over a table. I want to be able to enjoy retirement, golfing, staying active, playing with my grandkids and traveling like crazy. And I need to protect my body so I can do this. And two, we'll be empty nesters in six years. Time is ticking and I have a long list of places I want to travel with my kids before they go on their own adventures. Also, I don't want to miss any more of their high school sports and other activities. Boom. Awesome. Okay. So I need to kind of like plant a little seed here before we go in, is that like, you're kind of mixing the phrase CEO time and like mom time um, together. So if the question is about, I want to have CEO time, like the person asking that question is going like, okay, this, I am like the leader of this ship or this train. And like, it's going a million miles an hour. And I don't have time to think and we're kind of not growing anymore. And I think it's because I need to be able to spend time working on all the behind the scenes things. So that's CEO time. Mom time, really, you need to be okay with your numbers. Because backing off adjusting to have more mom time is amazing, but very, very likely, I don't know your crystal ball situation. I don't know what God's got planned for you, but more than likely your numbers will not dip that much, but really will stay where they're at. And that is okay. But before you can really take any advice that anybody's going to give you, you need to differentiate what you're asking. Do you want to like spend CEO time to grow, or do you want time to enjoy life and not feel like you're burning the candle at both ends? Now, obviously there is a mixture of both. That's like what my life is, is like kind of neither one or the other. Um, so, you know, but that is an important thing to think about as you're hearing all of this, because one person may have want, like be totally content and happy and is seeking a different answer than somebody who's like, I need to grow. Okay, so obviously Amy knows me a little bit, but she kind of like stalks me and knows that I only adjust 12 hours a week, um, even though we've got two practices, high volume clinics that are rocking and rolling much more than 12 hours a week. Um, so it's kind of only fair that I share a little bit of my story with you. So you're kind of understanding why she's asking this. So I graduated right away, started a practice. Um, And my husband's not a chiropractor. He had a job at the time. Uh, He's marketing and finance background, but he has like a, he had like a corporate job. And I just built that practice on my own. I didn't have even a CA at first, Um, brought in a CA around like 50 people. I don't know if that's really what I would do again. I'm just telling you my story, not really putting any judgment on whether you should do it or not. Um, But I worked my ass off building that clinic to as high as I could by myself. Now that was during a different time of my life. We were like paying off loans. We paid off my student loans in five years. Uh, that's a whole different question. Again, like if you wanna know, you're gonna have to submit a question on that one. Uh, there's a whole strategy there that we did. Uh, but really, we, I was just a workhorse. I didn't have kids for the first two and a half years. And so we were just working, 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 working. So I didn't bring in my first associate um, until I really felt like I am mentally and physically at my capacity. For me, like I would tell you what the number is, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I'll tell you I'm an open book. So for me, I would get up to like three hundred and twenty people a week. I'm like I said, I I'm very straight chiropractic. So we're not doing a lot of stuff. Don't judge me. Hey, I don't judge you. No. Um. So. You know, our we have short treatment um, times, and you know it's straight chiropractic. I'm doing this, that, it's rep- repetition. So, I got up to like 300 comfortable. Any time where we were seeing 320 people a week, I would physically hurt. Like, I know it seems like such a small difference, but like, I would mentally and physically. Be fatigued. And then guess what the universe would do? Go, oh, this is too much. And so we'd back off. So we kind of were at this like standstill with numbers. And so that's how I knew, like, all right, I need to bring in an associate. So I brought in the first associate and then we allowed everything to stabilize a little bit before we'd made a move. You know, we kind of dipped, brought back up. Then we opened a second location. Again, we went through a period of stabilizing and the clinic grew, you know, second location, more people. And then we brought on another doc. And again, I waited, watched, stabilized. So that's like basically seven years of practice in three minutes of like where kind of we're at. So we're sitting there and it became necessary. You know, we've got two clinics, two docs, seen a lot of people. We're doing a lot of marketing and all this stuff. Um, At this point, I've got two kids and I am totally burning the candle at both ends. I'm in the clinic every time that we're open. And um, it, it wasn't working. It just was not working for our clinic, for me, for our family. And so, you know, we needed to realize that, like, the time, we had to find the time because that time was going to give me freedom. But we had to get over the fact that it was going to cost us. Because what we want to do is we want to get to a point where financially, it makes like, it's so clear on paper that this is what has to be done. In my experience, um, anytime I've had to make a big move like this, whether it's hiring someone, I had to do it before I was quite financially ready. So like for real, again, open book by having this life of only adjusting 12 hours, but having the clinics open and like having the CEO time, we take home probably $50,000 a year less like on our taxes, we just don't have $50,000, but we are so much happier. The amount of freedom and like vacations, like it is worth it. So that was something that we had to process. We also needed to figure out or like kind of come to grips with the fact that it's not just paying for free time. You're paying for the exchange of your sanity and time to reflect and be productive. You know, like for those of you that have kids and you put them in daycare, you don't go like, oh my gosh, I'm really just paying someone else to watch my kids. I should just watch, I should just be with them. But you don't do that because you're like, well, no, I can't. I can't do all this stuff I need to do. It makes sense for me to pay someone to do that because I need to go do something more, Um, that I'm more qualified to do than like stacking blocks and feeding baby applesauce and stuff like that. So if this is resonating with you, then like, yeah, that's where you're at. If you're more like, I want more time with my kids, then obviously you need to look at your numbers and go like, am I happy with where we're at and figure out how to steal time and keep those numbers there. Now I know Amy, so I know she's kind of more the mix, more like me. So RPC4. So what I had to do is I before I pulled back on hours, I need to make sure that I was staffed appropriately. So I will kind of tell you my equation for that. It will not fit. It's not a one-size-fits-all equation. This completely is dependent on your practice style. So for me and our clinic and our practice style, we needed about one doc for every 200 people we were seeing and two CAs. So when seven years into practice, I find myself with, we have three adjusting docs, four CAs, um, there was time available for me to steal from adjusting Um, we were not like needing all three sets of hands on deck, adjusting all the time, all the time. Like we were not at our physical capacity for adjusting. If that was the case, I wouldn't have pulled back because then, you know, obviously we would have lost patience. So you need to, it's almost, I don't want you to think about it being overstaffed. It's really your staffed appropriately for you to pull back. But some people it's kind of like, yeah, you need more hands than you have people. In order to start doing this. So, you know, there's other ways to do this. If you're sporty spice and you're like, well, my goal is I just really want to be able to golf and get like two hours in at the gym every day. Like, what does that look like as far as stealing time? Well, cool. I'd say, like, okay, well, why don't you adjust from like 7 a.m. to 10, take from 10 to 3 off, go hit the golf course, hit the gym, show back up in clinic 3 to 6. Like, you know, that's one way to do it. Or if you're a new mom, And let's say you're seeing 100 people a week and you love 100 people a week, but you love your baby and you want to figure out how to not be adjusting 40 hours a week. For you, what you might do is do some math. So you might go like, okay, so it takes me 10 minutes to adjust a patient or be with a patient. Um, and I'm happy with like 100 people a week. So that's like 16 plus hours that I need adjusting. I, I need to have that. Anything less than that, then the math just doesn't work out and you're gonna drop below that comfort zone. So for you, you may, you may be able to cut down to like eight to one, two days a week and three to six, three days a week. And you're gonna find yourself at like 19 hours of open adjusting. And that's okay. Now, is there a ton of capacity for you to grow there? No, but you're doing the math, figuring out how to like maximize time in clinic and baby. Does that make sense? I don't know. You can't respond. Hopefully it makes sense. I'm sure you're all just like, "Mm mm-hmm. yep, it makes sense. So once you've established that there's room for you to pull back, you're going to need to start transitioning both your patients and your employees. So I recommend starting blocking off large chunks of time during your least busy times. So for instance, if you already do this, like let's say you're just not in the clinic Tuesday mornings, I would add an additional time block. Um, So if mornings are your least busy time, then also take like a Thursday morning. So for me, I don't work Fridays at all. That was a big goal. So like if that's a goal of yours to have three days weekends, I recommend then like, you know, I think you're only open Friday morning, like pull that shift type thing, like pull it if you can. And so if you're going to take this time, this is an important one, you need to be out of the office, um, not at your desk, in the clinic, because that is not, it's just not good for anyone, really. It's not good for you. You're gonna feel like you blocked off this four hours and you were like kind of present. You didn't really get as much done as you wanted to. Um, your your employees are gonna be like, hey, quick question, can you just like sign some checks? Uh and then like your groupies who show up during that time, like the ones that really love you, that's what I call the patients who are like Klingons. Um you know, you're going to get a, a message from your front desk person being like, hey, Jim just walked in. I know that like he really loves you. Do you have five minutes? And you're going to go like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll step out and adjust Jim because like I know Jim loves me. Um, so just get out of there. Go to a coffee shop, create a space at your house, um, but create a space that you love being in that allows you to work and not feel like stress. I don't recommend your kitchen table being this because if you're kind of like a type A, I couldn't sit at my kitchen table and work without the kitchen being like pristinely clean. So like make a beautiful space that doesn't get messy, is not in your control to clean, um, that you can work from. So you're gonna have to start having this conversation with your groupies. And you don't wanna make it a big deal either. Like honestly, I. um, so at the time I started to cut back I was doing some training of other chiropractors. And so I kind of used that to like make him feel really good about the fact that I wasn't going to be adjusting him because I was having an impact elsewhere. So, I mean, it doesn't need to be that you're training other chiropractors. You could literally be like, hey, Jim, so here's the deal. I know you love Thursdays at 11. But um, I'm actually gonna start leading a youth church group and it meets Thursdays at 11. So you got two options. Option one, I'm gonna be here Monday and Wednesday morning. So you can move that 11 o'clock time slot over to there or my associate Jess She's amazing. You, she's, I think she's adjusted you once or twice before. She's going to be here. You can just get adjusted by her. She knows your body really, really well. I've talked to her, but options are yours. But um, starting next week, I won't be here Thursdays at 11. And you just leave it. No big deal. Like Now, I will say that some of my groupies gave me a hard time about it. Now, my personality... Um, <laughs> So I literally said this to a patient and again, anybody who gets adjusted by me, um, knows me. So this may not work for your scripting, but I said, Oh, Tom, you know, it's always the guys notice that my examples of like these groupies that have the audacity to give you a hard time about not being at their beck and call. Mm, Okay. Soapbox. I digress anyways. So I'm like, you know, I said like, okay, here's a deal with this script. I just told you. And he goes like, oh, it must be nice to not have to work all the time. And I go, yeah, yeah, you're right, Tom. You know, I did, uh, when making this decision, I did look and compare like what was gonna be best for you. And I did have to wait against what was gonna be best for me and my family and my sanity. And I'm so sorry, somehow you lost that battle. And I laugh and he kind of realizes the ridiculousness that like, but it's inconvenient for him. Like, I'm sorry. I don't know what you want me to tell you. So anyways, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, your groupies. So the script through that. So then with your employees, you know, they're kind of getting used to you pulling back. And I don't underestimate how hard this is on your employees. Um, You are the leader and like, you're the mom. You're the mom of the clinic. And everybody always wants mom around. Like mom knows how to handle things. Mom knows the right answer to the question every time. She's assuring, she's wonderful. Mom, just be here all the time. So like your employees are going to struggle with this even if they don't tell you. So having a concrete thing that you're working on as you pull back is a really great idea because what are, what'll happen if you just instantly go like, all right, now I don't work Thursday mornings and you like sit at your desk and you're like, what should I do? You're going to be feeling that guilt of like, you're going to look at the schedule and you'd be like, oh gosh, they look kind of busy. Huh? What should I do? And you are just going to find yourself gravitating back there. So I really recommend having a project that you've been wanting to tackle for a while. Maybe you want to start looking at what it would be like to get out of network with insurance. Um, You know, maybe it is more volunteering time. Maybe you want to start a blog. Maybe you want to start doing something creative with your marketing. Like, you know, I don't know, gathering testimonials, but like have a project. And I recommend making yourself borderline. So we already say removed from the clinic but like also kind of mentally unreachable. Now your staff should know and communicate this to them. Like, obviously if the clinic is burning down, well, this is what I say. If the clinic's burning down, don't call me, call the fire department. Like, let me know, like, Hey, it's under control. The fire department's here, but if you want to come, maybe you should No, but like for serious things, of course, reach out. But like, if you're going to be in the clinic at two o'clock, I always show up before the, I start adjusting. So if I start adjusting at three, I show up at two. They know like that's their time to go through the laundry list of like, okay, how much do you want to donate to the Boys and Girls Club? Great. Um, do you want to order more of this or this? Like they just go through that laundry list there. Um, and you just got to train them of like, keep a list. And I'm going to show up to the office and we're going to go through all of those, but I get too mentally distracted when, you know, you send me like little pings and things like that, but like be borderline unreachable. Now that means though, that when you do show up to the office, um, you can't really micromanage the shit that they accomplished without you. You know, it's kind of like, uh, the first time your five-year-old loads the dishwasher, You want to praise like, wow, I'm really proud of you guys for tackling that on your own. Um, You know, honestly, it's fantastic. The only thing I would do maybe different next time, but then again, like you did great. Thanks so much for handling that while I was working on this project. So obviously, in order for them to be able to do all that and handle things without bothering you so you can have the CEO time, you need to make sure your systems are like locked down. Awesome sauce. Uh, If you I mean, I know your story. uh, But like for those listening, if you've never hired a coach to help perfect your systems, I cannot recommend it enough. It is where our practice exploded is when I started bringing in a professional to clean through and be like, do it this way and like have black and white system procedures, because it's basically this handbook of like, what would Amy do? You know, it's the, what would Jesus do for your clinic? Because if you just pull back on time and mom's not there, but they don't know, like, well, what is our system when a patient calls and says that, asks this question, like they need to be trained, really, really well to be able to handle the clinic like a well-oiled machine while you're stepping away. So systems must be ironclad. Now, this is kind of a chicken or the egg, obviously. If you're like in the situation where you're like, okay, well, I don't have a coach. We don't have great systems. I obviously need to step away from the clinic in order to do that, but then I can't step away from this. Yeah, I get it. Like, Do it in pieces. Take one thing at a time and bite it off. You know, maybe you don't jump to being gone 10 hours a week. Maybe you start with like two hours a week. And the first concrete thing you're going to tackle is your systems. Ask your employees. If you don't know, like ask them like where, what are the top 10 things that if I were gone and you couldn't reach me, if this popped up, you wouldn't know how to handle. They will tell you, make them tell you. Um, and again, get guidance to make sure that it's not just yours. It's like actually good advice and systems you're telling them. Okay. So when you show up to the clinic for that adjusting time, you know, I do my absolute best. I am not perfect at this. If my employees were listening, they would laugh and be like, you freaking liar. Okay. In an ideal world, geez, uh, you would show up to the clinic with a clean mind, ready to adjust and be there 100% for your employees. And this is something you're probably not used to right now because if you're there all the time, you're kind of like multitasking and doing this and you're like, okay, hold on. I got to go send an email real quick. That's not like if you, the more you cut back, the more present you must be when you are there. How can I serve my employees and my patients? and everything else that I need to do needs to get put on the agenda for the next CEO time that I have planned, whether it's tomorrow or next week. So when, and then when I'm there, I personally like to connect with as many patients as possible. So, you know, when we've got two hands, I don't typically take a ton of new patients now because if for me, if I'm only there three hours a day, it doesn't make sense for me to only connect with four people, right? Like I want to connect with 50 because they don't see my face that much. And so I want to be hands-on, but that's what feeds me is like I get into a flow state. And so this is also like, well, what feeds you? If you hate that you don't know any of the new patients, you're going to need to work, like really strategize and prioritize. What does that time look like when you are in clinic? Are you taking new patients? Are you doing report of findings or are you only adjusting? So also understand. So I said like in the beginning, have concrete projects that you're working on, but know that the goal is to kind of transition from micromanaging the CEO time. The goal is not to move from being a chicken with your head cut off in the clinic all the time to a chicken with your head cut off at your desk and a chicken with your head cut off in the clinic. Like the whole goal of the CEO time is that you are becoming a better leader for everyone in your life, your children, your friends, your church, your community, and your organization. So in order for you to be that better leader and come with new ideas and concepts, um, new inspiration, you know, finding your purpose in life or the purpose for your organization and inspiring your employees to find their purpose and how they're impacting, you may need to just think. Like literally, you may have an hour where you're just like, I don't have anything planned. I don't have any projects. I'm just sitting here and thinking. You may go for a run and think. You may read a book you may meditate, you may pray, you may journal, but that's what true CEO time is worth. Like that's the valuable part of it. It's not that you're creating a click funnel and this and this and that, and like, I'm out there. No, you're you're thinking. Your brain understands your organization. Your brain and heart understands the motives, the purpose, the like possibility of all of the employees and all of the patients more than any other human being on this planet. And so why that time is so valuable is allowing yourself the clear headspace to think about all of that. All of that, that rests on your shoulders and how to improve it and how to pour love back in. And that shit doesn't just like flow to you like when you've scheduled time in, like, okay, be reflective. Like, no, it takes like calming yourself and allowing and being patient with yourself. And there's gonna be shifts where you're like, well, I did nothing. And you can't beat yourself up on that. Like you just have to realize that step one is stop burning the candle at both ends. And that means allowing yourself this time. Allowing yourself this time, like, yeah, you may show up to your kid's volleyball game, but like most CEOs, like that's okay that you're there from three to five, because guess what? From seven to 9 PM, you're doing a workshop and you can't be doing both things. Like there's, it's the balance, it's work-life balance. So the problem with Kairos and why we have a big problem with like seeing thinking time as valuable is because we are so attached to like money and worth with a tangible physical thing, right? Like the only way that we make money is delivering an adjustment. So when we go and we go like, well, I didn't make any money over the last five hours. I was just, I didn't even create anything. Cause there's going to be days you don't create anything. You just had a mental block. You're having a hard day. Like You're PMSing and you cried the whole time and watched Lifetime, like whatever, like that's okay. Um, But you know, if we were advertisers, so like instead of being chiropractors or healthcare providers, let's imagine that we were advertisers. Like, I don't know what schooling looks like there. I didn't go to advertising school, but I imagine that something that they understand that we don't is that that time, you need that time in order to produce something. So there's like a reason that Google's got ping pong tables in their break room, right? Because they understand that by giving their employees that 30 minutes of time to like play and, you know, think, maybe not even think about the problem to step away, they can come back with such a clearer headspace that that 30 minutes may save an organization $10,000. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing, but it's really not. When you get to a level with your practice, when you're, again, when we're talking about CEO time and not like increasing mom time, like your CEO time could save you tens of thousands of dollars a year by being able to sit and think and reflect. Ultimately, it's always gonna be scary because you do have to take a leap of faith that this is the right thing. Nobody, your patients and your employees are not going to push you out the door. You're going to, as a leader, say, I've thought about this and I know that this is the best thing for me and my family and this organization. And you're going to have to trust that this is the right decision. Because honestly, if you analytically like, look at it, you could always be in the clinic. If I was in the clinic every morning, would we see three more people? Probably. Like, would we, you know, would we be able to do more adjustments? Like, I don't know, maybe, yes, but would we be as goal-oriented, as happy, as purposeful of an organization? Would we actually be having impact the same way we would? And I don't know that the answer is yes. So time to do this, time to spend with your children, time to think about creating a side hustle. You know, you talked about like, I want to be able to protect my body, like time to train with a personal trainer so you don't blow out your shoulders. It's not a luxury. It's necessary. Um, and maybe without that time, you're actually, it's a huge detriment. So you really have to. To wrap your head around it. It's not bullshit. It's the truth. It's why every organization, you know, with this higher level, that's what happens is eventually the owner of McDonald's stops flipping the burgers. It, it, it has to happen. So I hope today's podcast gives you, Amy, and everyone listening some boldness, maybe to crunch those numbers, um, to cut a shift, to think about what your purpose is. Are you okay with your numbers? And is it okay to tell the world, I'm okay with my numbers and I don't want to, I don't need to grow this year. That's okay. If you just need permission to be okay with where you're at in life and not keep like hustle, hustle, grow, grow, grow. Cool. That's fine. If you want permission to step back, to think about things strategically and bounce a basketball against a wall while you think about it or play ping pong or go to your kid's volleyball game or go for a run, you have that permission. You absolutely do. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If today's uh, episode made you cry, laugh, reflect. Um, leave in the comments, please. We want to hear that feedback. We want to be there for you. This is all about like what you need, and, and we want to know like how we're helping. Talk next week, she slayers. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, plus they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.